You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. As we head into Labor Day weekend, we thought it would be a good idea to take a look back on the history of the labor movement here in Southeast Michigan and what that means today. Joining me to do that is Merrick Masters. He's the director of labor at Wayne State University. Welcome to Detroit Today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, like a lot of people in this region, I am uh, a descendant of, uh, of folks who were very involved in uh, the labor movement. It's one of the defining characteristics, I think, uh, not just of this city but of the whole uh, region and state. Uh, it's changed though, uh, and the history of that labor movement is really hard to detect. I think sometimes in the sort of modern way we do things around here. Yes, it is. Uh, I could say to summarize that there have probably been three major tipping points which connect Detroit and labor historically. Uh, The first would be the rise of the auto workers in the 1930s and 1940s. And that was a very turbulent struggle associated often with violence but produced with it the advancement of the middle class, a lot of economic gains for people that substantially raised the economic profile of Detroit. And it was tied intimately, obviously, to the automobile industry and the automobile companies. Ford was reviewed, revered as often the Vatican was in Rome. Um, (laughs) The second tipping point, I would say, was a struggle for civil rights. The labor movement provided, in many ways, a breeding ground for civil rights activists. And there were many black leaders who um, cut their teeth in the labor movement. And really, you had parallel universes where uh, African Americans had an opportunity for considerable advancement in their role as union leaders and, to some extent, not completely, but to a greater extent than in other parts of society in the workplace, um, but not in society at large. Uh, Detroit was a very segregated uh, society with yeah. a lot of, you know, really an apartheid society. Right. Um, the third tipping point, I would say, came in the late 1970s and early 1980s with the influx of foreign competition that devastated the U.S. auto industry, and it's never been able to really recover from. And that led to immediate um, reductions in the workforce that weren't cyclical in nature, they were structural. And that, I think, accelerated the downward spiral in Detroit. Um, I might say there is possibly a fourth tipping point, but I'm not certain we're at that point. Detroit went through a bankruptcy. Uh-huh. It's in a resurgency. Uh, it's on the right trajectory. But Michigan as a whole is going in a different direction, uh, particularly as it views labor. Yeah. It's now a right-to-work right state. To work it state. became the 24th right-to-work state. And that's had implications, I think, significant implications. And one thing Michigan did, different from Indiana, although similar to what they did in Wisconsin but in a different way, Um, Michigan passed two right-to-work laws, one for the private sector and And another for for the the public public. sector. And to just put the strength of the labor movement into a little bit of a context, it's been a shallowed-out movement in Detroit as Detroit has been shallowed out in terms of population. In 1986, there were about 600,000 union jobs in the Detroit metropolitan area. Uh 
Today, there are about 200,000 yeah, union jobs. A third, yeah. And so uh, talk some about, <clears throat> as we come up on Labor Day, uh, What's the what's the future for labor? I mean, I think a lot of people don't know how hard labor is working to try to make the case to to to, to workers uh, who are not unionized that that this is the way to job security and all these uh, other kind of things. Uh, but they're not, and they are growing, but they don't seem to be winning that battle uh, the way they used to. They're not winning that battle. Uh, and they face a, a confluence of forces which are just overwhelming. And I think the reality is is that, to a large extent, labor doesn't have a significant voice at the table. They come to the table often when it's too late. They're reacting to situations. Yeah. The UAW has grown, but it's grown by a minuscule amount. It's going to be nowhere near the 1.5 million members it was in 1979. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit above 400,000. So you've asked the $64,000 question, <laughs> or I should say probably you have to today answer in the $502,000 questions. <laughs> the message has got to be something that is very simple and profound in that labor is a way to provide for economic security that you're not going to get any other way. And it's a way to provide for equal treatment in the workplace that you're not going to get any other way. The legal system offers legal protection, but that is a very expensive route that is often sure. takes a very long period of time. It's not accessible time. to a lot of people. It's not right? accessible, and it, it, it just takes an incredible amount of time sometimes to go through the court process. It's got to get two or three bullet points out to get to people and make people realize if you want retirement protection, if you want protection at work, if you want an opportunity to provide for a family, and if you really want a society that cares about people, there's one way to get it, and that's by having a voice. And you, most people can't have an, a voice in the workplace. They can't have a voice in the political system individually. Yeah. They don't have the wherewithal to do it. The only way to do it is collectively and uh, amass across racial, across occupational, across economic lines – now, I'm not including the one percenters in that yeah. because they don't need representation. <laughs> right. I'm including the people that work every day, that go to work, that we're recognizing on Labor Day. Workers, and I use that term rather than employees because it's much more referential sure. in my judgment. Yeah. Uh, but um, people have to realize that the labor movement, with all its faults, provides a vehicle for representation that no other group does. Yeah, no, uh, great, great words to end the show on uh, going into Labor Day. Merrick Master is director of Labor at Wayne at Wayne State University. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate absolutely. it very much, and happy Labor Day to everybody. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's it for me this week. I'll be back next week. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station.